One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hey, welcome to the Horse Hour podcast. I'm Amy Frost, and today we're talking about colic. It's the British Horse Society's Colic Awareness Week. It starts on the 1st of April until Sunday the 7th of April. And the idea is just to educate us on what is colic. So I'm joined by Emmeline from the British Horse Society and Professor Sarah Freeman from the University of Nottingham. This is Horse Hour. Today we're talking about colic. It's a word that many of us are really afraid of. If you're like me, you're definitely scared of the word because it has so many meanings. What exactly is colic? Well, we have some wonderful guests today from the British Horse Society. We have Professor Sarah Freeman, who's from the University of Nottingham. And we have Emmeline, who's the Welfare Education Manager of the British Horse Society, who are going to talk to us about Colic Awareness Week and uh, what are the signs and symptoms and treatment of colic. How are you both? Yeah, very well. Thank you for inviting us. Good. Well, I'm really excited because this is the first time I've had two guests on the podcast at the same time. (laughs) So um, it makes it really, it makes it good fun, although we're talking about quite a tricky subject, which is colic. So Sarah, can we start with you just explaining what on earth is colic? Colic can be quite a confusing term for people to understand because colic actually just describes the signs of pain of anything within the horse's abdomen. And that means there are lots of different things that can cause it. So it's usually something to do with the intestines, but it can be something else. So it covers a whole range of diseases that can be quite mild and easy to treat to some very serious ones as well. And that's where it, like you said, it becomes quite scary to deal with. It is because we we hear, I often hear, if a horse goes down there's a with colic, there's a chance it's not going to be able to get up. And for a long time, I thought that colic was an actual disease itself. I didn't realise it was it was kind of an umbrella for lots of potential diseases, um, which in one way can make it even more scary because now we haven't just got one problem to be fearful of. We've got well, it could be you know, it could be worms, it could be that they're eating the wrong food, it could be that they've been kicked. You know, we've got a whole heap of problems yeah there's a whole range of different things and the the owner and the vet have to work together quite carefully to try and work through those and the good news is that that most of the cases um, are quite mild and they will get better with some quite simple treatment but the ones that we are particularly interested in and focused on on the campaign are the ones that we term as as critical and that's about 20 percent of the cases and the critical cases are the ones that will need a major decision from the owner and the vet about having specialist treatment going to refer a hospital or possibly even euthanasia. And those are the really scary ones, and those are where we, we really focus on trying to help people with those decisions. Oh, gosh, even saying the word euthanasia, 
makes us realise that actually we need to take colic or even signs of colic really seriously, which is where you come in, because um, the University of Nottingham and the British Horse Society, you guys have teamed up, haven't you, to bring us Colic Awareness Week. So, Emmeline, can you tell us where did this Colic Awareness Week come from? It starts today. Okay, so React Now to Beat Colic was launched in September 2016. um, And since that time, we've continued to raise awareness of colic through different methods methods um, but we felt that um, almost you know two and a half years on we want to dedicate a whole week to this really important subject as you say it's really scary for horse owners and with the winter now behind us and spring approaching many horse owners are going to be changing their management for their horses hopefully they're going to get a bit more turnout um, but at this time of year with these management changes Um, vets will see a peak in the number of colic cases. Um, So during today, of today, Monday, um, through to Sunday, the 7th of April, we're going to be doing a whole host of different things to help raise awareness of this important issue. What sort of things are you going to be doing? Okay, so throughout this week, um, we will have free accessible information on all our social media sites and our websites. We're going to be giving horse owner top tips from top vets and researchers on colic. Um, We're going to have a whole host of different um, Facebook activities that people can follow and get engaged with. So definitely come and have a look. Follow us during the week. And remember, we've got our website, which has a dedicated um, page to Colic on all information that you can freely download, which is bhs.org.uk backslash Colic. Amazing. Thank you, Emmeline. Do you know what I need, Professor Sarah? I feel like I need a picture in my head of, I almost want to picture Colic so that I know when I see my horse, I like, I work really well on visual symptoms. So if I'm to look at my horse, what would make me realise that he potentially could have, a, have an issue with his gut or, or have colic? Well, one of the things that we're trying to emphasise through REACT is picking up some of the more subtle early signs. So lots of people think about colic and they think about horses that are rolling and lying down and pouring and kicking at their stomach and flank watching. And they are all really important signs of colic. But in a number of horses, before that happens, um, we will see much more subtle signs. So they might not eat up all of their food. They might not pass as many droppings as normal. Um, They might be quieter than normal, or they might be a bit more agitated than normal. And what REACT is all about is if you think there's something wrong, if it's something very small or minor, if you can't put your, your finger on it, we want people to call their vet and ask for advice because that might be one of the early signs of colic and the react poster we have goes through all of those signs but the earlier people can catch the signs the earlier their horses can be treated and therefore the better chance they have of coming through this mm. what does react stand for um so the r is for is for restless um e is for eating less or, or reduced droppings a is for abdominal pain the, the classic signs of flat watching and pouring C is for the clinical changes we want people to be checking for, things like changes in heart rates, um, changes in their respiratory rate. And T is for tired or lethargic, because sometimes it will just be a horse that's that's lying down and doesn't want to get up as much. Mm. Um, And what we want people to do is rather than saying, okay, well, I'm just going to wait and see what happens, is to say, well, actually, one of these signs might be colic. So I'm going to phone my vet practice and talk to them about it and find out what they think I should be doing. 
rather than waiting. Oh, totally agree. And I think what's lovely, a, a really great thing that I've noticed over the last few years is the vets are way more approachable now. You know, I don't feel so bad phoning them and saying, hey, you know, I'm just a little bit worried about this. What do you think? I used to feel guilty, like they're really busy and um, they don't have time to speak to paranoid me. But <laughs> but actually, I've learned that it's better to phone. Um, you know your horse better than anybody else. So you need to trust your gut, surely. Yes, and you know it. It costs nothing for a phone call. The vets would rather be called early. Um, the team that answers the phone are all trained, so you may not talk to a veteran nurse, but you will talk to somebody trained at the end of the phone. We've actually produced materials to help with, with the training and things as well. Um, but everybody would much, much rather be doing this early on, and even if it's just a, a, a phone call to reassure somebody. Um, but most of the time it's a phone call to say, actually, I think you're right. You know, you have got something to be worried about and we'll, we'll come and help you do that. And that, that teamwork between the owner and the vet is really important. So I've got a new cult, Sarah, and he's very adorable, but he's sent me into a meltdown on so many occasions over the last few months because he has a habit of just lying there in the grass. And I thought for a long time, I've, I've never seen colic before. And I thought, oh, goodness, am I feeding him too much? Um, has he got is the grass too rich? Is the hay too dry for him? Um, and actually, he doesn't have colic at all. He's just a lazy colt that likes to lie in the grass. But the other horses, you know, if they're lying down I guess it's also learning about what what each horse is normally like to see if their behavior changes because I'm guessing if one of the older horses that very rarely lies down you you go to the field and he's lying down that's something to be really concerned about yes so it is that behavior change that's really important and and knowing your horse is is a lot about again what we're about how many droppings does it pass is it normally a fussy eater is it normally a greedy one and young horses will lie down more more than older horses um naturally they, they do that anyway so it is it is that change in behavior and um Emmeline talks a little bit about the different risk factors for colic it's quite interesting one of the risk factors for colic is having different carers look after the horse because they're often not as good as knowing that individual horse if that's your horse or as a single carer they know that horse they know what's normal for it and they'll pick up those early subtle changes that just allow us to to get in there very early and deal with problems before they get out of control. Emmeline, that's amazing. I hadn't thought of that. So uh, risk factors, um, I'm guessing to counteract that risk factor then would be to make sure that the, the one carer for the horse is then passing on all the rest of all the information about that horse to the secondary carer. Uh, what other risk factors are there? Absolutely. So um, the reason, as I say, why we're doing it this week is um, one of the biggest risk factors is change in feed and change in management. Um, so during this week, as I say, with spring arising, arriving, better weather, um, many owners after the long winter will be tempted to, you know, turn their horses out for longer or may even do it 24-7. Um, but we urge all horse owners to make this transition gradually um, as any sudden changes in management can increase the risk of colic um, so even though it's lovely that they're able to spend more time out just make sure horse owners that we're doing this gradually you know add half an hour on um, rather than you know adding an extra three four five hours it's too much of a sudden change for them um, another important is to make sure we feed our horses little and often so if horses are stabled it's trying to spread out um the times of the feed so they're not getting um 
big amounts of feed all in one go, especially concentrate feeds that relates to. Um, and another important one is to make sure that horses have a constant supply of clean, fresh drinking water, um, especially during the winter. I know winter's just passed now, but when it's freezing cold, the water troughs are all frozen over, um, or it's, you know, horses are a bit deterred from drinking really cold water, even if it's in their stables. Um, you know, the water sort of comes out away from the gut because the horse is getting dehydrated and that's when problems can start. So a lot of people don't realise that actually during the winter, it's equally as important to make sure your horse has got clean, fresh drinking water as it is in the summer. On, on that note, Emily, would you recommend giving warm water in the, in the depths of the winter? Yeah, so what, um, what the advice is, is just to add a little bit of warm water into your horse's freezing cold water buckets probably during the winter um, and it just takes the edge off now obviously we can't have that luxury for our horses that are turned out um, but it's just making sure that their troughs are kept clear as much as possible as ice so definitely morning definitely at night and if anybody's around at lunchtime they can go and check those troughs then that's even better Oh, fab. Okay. And then the summer then. So uh, a myth that I heard many moons ago was if it's too hot, you shouldn't have freezing cold water in the summer because the horses won't want to drink that. Are we supposed to be giving freezing cold water or is it supposed Um, to be like lukewarm? (laughs) I think the thing is, is if your horses has just been exercised and they're really hot, it's just to let them have you know a few sips but it do not withhold water it is much better that they 100% have water to drink um, than to be worried about the temperature of the water especially in the summer. Sarah do you have anything to add to that? Um, no just coming back to a sort of a different aspect about about the carer and the, um, one of the things about the campaign is about getting people to share information so some of the materials we've got are asking people to write down the essential information about their horse and then sharing them with other people so that if the owner is not around, if they're, if they're stuck in a traffic jam, if they're off sick, if they're away on holiday, that the other people that are looking after their horse know all those essential pieces of information um, and can just take over and, and, and be managing the horse in the same way. I think that's a brilliant idea. I swear people used to think I was crazy at my DIY yard, but I'd have a whiteboard. And on my whiteboard is what my horse is normally like, what he eats, what food he has, how much, and emergency contact numbers. And um, and they all laughed at me for a while. But then actually, before you knew it, everybody else had their own little sheet of paper with that information on as well. Because you think, okay, you could be being paranoid and it could be over the top. But actually... If something was to happen, then it's easy. You just go to the whiteboard and all the information's there. I think it's much better to be safe than sorry. And now as uh, moving on a few years, each horse has their own health uh, health record sheet and and it's just easy it's accessible again to anybody that's on the yard and um, that's looking after the horses they all know what the horse's temperature's like normally what is their respiratory rate like normally and I think if we're as passionate as we like to say we are about the horses then the care is what's most important and um, and like you said passing on that information too if you're looking for plump lips that last you need to know about Juvederm lip fillers 
With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Yeah, and that information you talked about, that's exactly what, what we want everybody to do. And not every, everybody does. I, I have been involved in cases where the horse has been ill or had colic and the owner has not been contacted and nobody can make a decision. We're just trying to avoid any delays or any problems like that. Okay, well, that's brilliant. That brings us on to my next question then. What should we do if if we think that a horse has colic? I mean, well, I think that's an almost open-ended question, isn't it? Because if it's our horse or if it's somebody else's horse, you know, yeah. where do the responsibilities lie? Let's just take all the politics out of it uh-huh. and say right now, our horse is having all the signs of colic. What do we do? Okay, so... The most important thing with colic is that time is off the essence when a horse is colicking, um, especially if the case does turn out to be severe and referral to a veterinary hospital um, is required. So it's really important to contact your vet straight away. Um, and then obviously, if the horse owner isn't there, trying to get hold of the horse owner. And the reason to contact your vet straight away is that any delay could potentially affect the outcome for the horse. As Sarah said earlier, if if you're sort of not sure, just call the vet and ask for advice. Don't wait for those more classical signs of colic. So call the vet. Creating a list of contacts and having that provisional plan is a lot easier to prepare in advance than having that, you know, emergency in the middle of the night. You're there, it's two o'clock in the morning and you're having to make a really big decision about what to do. And it's really important, like you said, um, Amy, you've got all your um, details up on the board and everybody can see that information. Um, and that's a really great thing to do. So 
As a horse owner, if you create your emergency plan, please ensure that you share this with everybody who's involved with your horse. So if you cannot be contacted, your yard owner, your friends at the yard, your family, they have been told they've got a copy of your plan. They know exactly what your wishes are if your horse had to be referred um, to hospital. Um, and you know, in the absence of a horse owner, if you can't get hold of a horse owner, deciding whether a horse should be referred is almost impossible if there's been no guidelines left. Livery yard managers should ensure that they obtain all the instructions from horse owners as what they would want to happen in the case of an emergency. And of course, circumstances can change. Um, the horse may, you know, reach a much older age and the owner may decide, actually, if it did need referring, I, I'm, I've decided now I don't want to refer my horse. So it's making sure everybody has up-to-date information on what you want to do. I think it's also, you keep saying time is of the essence. Um, recently, my neighbour's, oh, it's really sad. Recently, my neighbour's horse went down to colic and um, she did everything that she could. She phoned the vet. Uh, the next the next thing that I thought was really interesting to learn from this experience was the vet came down and um, said she needed to go to the hospital. But we had no transport. Mm. We had no way to get the horse to hospital. And I think that's part of the emergency plan when you're preparing for, for awful situations. Although as much as we don't want to think about them, things like this and fire and flood, and we've got to have our emergency plans in place. And one of the biggest ones is transport. Have you got a list of numbers that you can phone so that you know you can move your horse and actually get your horse to hospital? Absolutely. So we have a free colic guide, which horse owners can contact the welfare at bhs.org.uk to request their free copy there is space to write in those important baseline temperature pulse and respiration rates for your horse but then underneath that it also has the vet number and it also has a space for emergency transport numbers and we would advise owners not just to have one company it may be that they've already been called out and they're on a different case and can't help but to have two or three different transport companies that you can call upon in case of emergency that offer that 24-7 call-out service. Brilliant idea. So we've called the vet and they've come out to see the horse. And what happens next, Sarah? Well, the majority of cases um, are are usually treated quite simply. So the the work that we've done, 60% of the cases will have a single vet visit, um, probably a pain-killing injection, and then they will get better. And those are great, those are nice and straightforward The other cases, some of them will require multiple visits. And then, like I said, 20% of them will be critical where where the horse is actually becoming very ill and needs quite a major decision. And what's really important about the major decisions is we're not telling anybody what they should be doing in those situations. We're not going to say, you must have surgery, you must do this. We want to make sure that everybody has all of the facts and can think about them and make the right decision for themselves. And that's where the Colic Awareness Week becomes really important. People don't like, they don't want to talk about colic. It's a very difficult subject, but we do need to talk about it. We need to say, what if this happens? Um, They want to find out the answers to some of their questions and make an informed, pre-considered judgment on each case. Hmm. I often hear the words, oh, I don't want my horse to get a twisted gut. Is that that real? Do the, the, the guts actually twist? Is that a form of colic? 
Yes, um, and those are the main ones that we're most concerned about. Um, and it can either be the, the small intestine or the large intestine. Both of those areas can become twisted. And those are the ones where the time becomes really, really important because as they twist, they cut off the blood supply. And if you catch them very, very early, you can just untwist them. Um, but if you don't catch them early, then that gut dies within the horse's abdomen. And as that goes on, the horse becomes sicker and sicker and sicker. Um, and the really, the really, probably the worst ones that you can get, the colon torsions, can go from being fine to being on the point of death within six to eight hours. And that's where you have to be so well prepared um, to make the biggest difference for these horses. Because if you can get them in there really, really quickly, then you, then you can give them a chance. And if there are any of the delays that, that Emmeline was talking about, if we can't find the owner, if we can't get the transport, if they can't decide what to do, then that time is just ticking away very, very quickly. Mm. So it's a small proportion of horses, but so, so important to have a plan in your head of this is how I'm going to deal with it, this is what I'm going to do, and I'm going to do it all as fast as possible. And the first step is being educated, which you're doing now because you're listening to the podcast. So Sarah, could you help us please by giving us the, the, the five key issues or problems that cause colic so that we can become a little bit more educated on it and then we can look at how we can prevent those things? So the most common type of colic is a spasmodic colic, where you just get a sort of like a, a gut spasm. Um, and those are, those are probably the easiest ones to treat because those are the ones that respond to medical management. So just a, a, something that relaxes the gut or is a painkiller and then the horse will resolve and get better. Um, a lot of those, we don't know what causes them. Some of them are change in management. Some of them are rich grass. Um, but a lot of them we, we don't find out. But that's fine because those horses are going to get better quite easily. Um, the second most common type are impactions where some of the food becomes blocked as it passes along through the, through the intestine. And again, most of those can be dealt with fairly easily um, and respond fairly well to, to, to treatment and things. Um, and then we come on to the more severe ones. So where the gut either moves out of place, which can be more difficult to treat and often have to go to a referral hospital or the one that you referred to where the gut becomes twisted. And that, that is the, the true emergency where everything has to be done as quickly as possible. And the, the horse will have to have surgery for that to, to be resolved. And um, Emmeline talked about preventative uh, aspects before. So there are different risk factors for each of those different types of colic, but management change comes across all of those ones. So changing management too quickly, changing your feed or changing the housing or the pasture any of those things are, will increase the risk of all of those types of colic. Um, but we also get colics where somebody has done absolutely everything right and not, you know, there's been nothing changed, nothing else, and it, it just happens for bad luck. So people also shouldn't blame themselves when these things happen. Mm. Um, feeding a horse when they're hot, is, is, could that cause colic? Because we often hear, I've, I've, I've um, done a podcast before actually, on when should you feed the horse before or after exercise. Can you just remind us again, please? Because there's always a, a fear of feeding any time around exercise that that's going to actually make them or, or give them colic. So it depends on the type of exercise and also the type of food that you give. Um, and Emily talked before about the watering and just giving small amounts um, and then and, and little and often. And you can actually do that with your feeding as well. Um, some of the, the, the food types that causes the, the biggest change in the horse's gut physiology is actually um, concentrate feeds to the carbohydrate feed. And actually the best source of feed is often fibre because that helps regulate the horse's intestine. 
and there will be different recommendations from different sporting bodies i know for all our horses that i own we just keep feeding them i'm afraid (laughs) that's good because that keeps their gut going doesn't it so would chaff be seen as a is chaff a fiber Uh, yes so chaff horse hage hay grass and if you think about what would happen in the wild, um, so the horse, if you watch a horse out, uh, it just eats continuously. That's what they're designed to do. So they're built to be eating all of the time and to have food going in all of the time. And we want to try and replicate that as, as much as possible. They've, they've spent millions of years evolving their gut system to eat large amounts of forage continuously, go and have a bit of a gallop around the plains and then carry on eating. And that's kind of where we want to, to get them back to. Amazing. Thank you so much for your time today, Professor Sarah from the University of Nottingham and Emmeline, who's Welfare Education Manager at the British Horse Society. Do familiarise yourself with the signs of colic so that if you do see a horse with it, know your yard procedures. If you are to see a horse that goes down, whether it's to speak to the manager of the yard or the owner of the yard, or if you know the owner of the horse, then to ring them directly. But just know what your procedures are for where you're keeping your horse. And most of all, keep your horses safe. If we want more information, you can head to um, the website, which is bhs.org.uk. Thanks so much for your time, guys. We can follow you on Twitter and your social media handles. What are they? Facebook at the British Horse Society. We have Twitter at British Horse. And we have Instagram at British Horse. Um, And then obviously our website, bhs.org.uk backslash colic and for any other listeners who would also like to receive your free react pack and colic guide please just contact the welfare team at welfare at bhs.org.uk they're all free of charge we'll get those posted out to you amazing thank you so much tell all your friends about colic awareness week this week uh, it's until sunday the 7th of april so let's get this out there and make sure everybody is more aware of the signs the symptoms and the treatment of colic Thanks so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode. As always, you can catch previous episodes of the Horse Hour podcast on our website. Just head to horsehour.co.uk. And of course, if you subscribe on iTunes and Acast, then every episode downloads directly through to your mobile phone. Thank you so much to all of you that have written a review on our Facebook page at Horse Hour and on iTunes. Victoria, I'm so grateful. You've just written a lovely review. And I really appreciate it because I don't always know if you enjoy these episodes I only know if you listen Um, I thoroughly enjoy making these episodes for you and as long as I know that you're listening and you're still enjoying listening then I will continue to make them so we've got lots of awesome episodes coming up loads from the British Horse Society this year because they are just out and about helping us as much as possible so my guest next week is Tracy who's head of fundraising at the British Horse Society and we're talking about the Ride Out UK campaign which is where you can get involved to be on your horse go out for a hack and raise a bit of money for charity as well as getting some friends riding because it's quite important I think that we not only share our love for horses but also we need to get some more people riding because it's good therapy we know this we talk to them they listen to us they listen to all our problems and no doubt our horses are the best counsellors ever so if we can let's get more people enjoying that experience I hope you've been enjoying the sun and the gorgeous weather managing to find some time to get out with your ponies do share what you've been up to on our social channels we're on twitter instagram facebook just use hashtag horse hour or at horse hour and i am loving your insta stories at the moment so do keep tagging us in those i hope you have a really great week with your horse and i'll speak to you soon
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.